Hey everyone, it's Derek Stone. And this is Conrad Geringer. And you're listening to the Working Triathlete Podcast. Today, we have a special guest with us, one of our new coaches, Derek Owens. And I'm gonna let Conrad introduce him as they've worked together for a few, few years and then we'll get rolling. Yes, so Derek Owens has been a working triathlete for, for a while. He's uh, an excellent athlete and he's an excellent coach. Uh, he, he's been working with a number of athletes as a coach for a while so he he has a, a very deep knowledge of triathlon and endurance sports both in triathlon but also as a as a pure runner he has a a deep sporting background and he is he's based out of the bay area california he is building a a, a good solid group of athletes out there that he's he's working with and you know we're looking obviously for uh him to coach a, a number of additional athletes and and build uh, uh sort of a, another working triathlete satellite location in the bay area progress is is already being made on that front so we're we're definitely excited about that but derek welcome to the to the podcast and welcome to working triathlete as a coach Give uh, a little bit about your your background, sort of where you're from and and where you grew up and what sports you played growing up and that kind of thing. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Very excited to be here. Very excited to be joining the team at Working Triathlete. Conrad shared a little bit about what attracted me to coming uh, coming onto the team as a coach. Um, I had previously been working with a lot of athletes uh, on my own uh, out here in the Bay Area and, and really spread across the United States. And after having been a working triathlete as an athlete for a while, I, I saw a lot of value in, in uh, just joining the team and, and helping to build the business that is working triathlete and the community that is working triathlete. So yeah, just really excited to, to be joining the team, um, to, to be a part of everything that is working triathlete. Yeah, I live in the Bay Area, California. I live in Oakland, uh, in the East Bay, and uh, but I'm originally from South Carolina. Grew up in South Carolina. Went to college in South Carolina. I, I graduated from Clemson University. Uh, when I was a kid, I I played sports like did did baseball basically from the age of five. I don't know t-ball all the way up through high school, and I also ran cross country when I was in high school. I had swam a little bit when I was a really young kid, but uh, something that I've come to realize about myself now is that I never really identified as like a really athletic person. I hit puberty super late. I was like really short until my senior year in high school. Couldn't really like figure out how to, um, how to move in the same way as all my, uh, all my classmates and stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty crazy now, but I mean, my 5k, PR when I was in high school is multiple minutes slower than, than like what I can run a 5k. And now we're talking like four or five minutes. My, my athletic journey as a young person is very different than um, what my athletic journey has been as, as an adult. Went to Clemson university, played, um, played in the marching band in high school, played in the marching band at call in college at Clemson. Um, and also like did some competitive marching sports during the summertime, spent some summers in Nashville, Tennessee with the Music City Drama Bugle Corps. So that's a little bit of a connection to Nashville. Definitely, uh, definitely love that place. Since moved out to California, been here for about four, going on five years. Um, just really love the West Coast, love California, the central coast of California. Uh, it's some of, the, some of the most beautiful country that I've ever been in. Love it a whole lot. 
obviously you have a little bit of background with endurance sports running cross country in high school, yeah. uh, but what was your entry into triathlon? About that amount of time ago, a little, a little over five years ago, my, um, my partner, my now wife, her father, my father-in-law reached out to me and asked uh, if I would be interested in doing an Ironman triathlon. And I didn't really know what that quite meant. I, I had a little bit of an understanding of what triathlon was, but he, um, he asked if I wanted to do an Ironman triathlon. And I was like, I don't know, maybe. And he's like, well, I'm going to sign up for one. I want you to sign up for one too. And maybe not only to get in his good graces, but um, that being some of it, I, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. I'll, I'll do an Ironman with your dad. And so signed up for, for Ironman Arizona um, about 12 months before the race, still not owning a bike, um, not really having done much training at all. Um, I like ran occasionally at that point, but not very much. I was much more into lifting weights at that point. Over the course of um, that first year, I did a triathlon of each distance, um, like culminating with uh, the Ironman in November in Arizona. Successfully, um, like completed the Ironman, um, and honestly, like finished with a lot more energy in the tank than I probably should have. And really, just like over the course of that year, fell in love with everything that was training for endurance sports and everything that is the optimization of physiology and like really maximizing a person's potential. It was, it was that year that got me hooked. And since then I've uh, really been focusing much more on the 70.3 distance, but also done some um, like open running races and uh, also like shorter distance triathlon stuff. That first Ironman, like you said, you've obviously improved, although, you know, you had a pretty solid showing that, that first Ironman, because I think you had the discipline. I found that athletes, no matter what sports they played growing up, if they actually sort of immerse themselves in sports or even something like, like marching band that, uh, requires discipline and, and showing up each day to, to hone your skill or improve in, in some area, they oftentimes make the best triathletes and, seems like you probably took some of that, that history and applied it to triathlon training. And you've been able to continue to improve in triathlon and you have big goals this year as, as an athlete. So I guess what was your, your favorite triathlon that, that you've competed in? It's hard to identify one, um, and, and lots of different aspects go into how I might answer that question, but like most memorable. <laughs> yeah. Um, something that I, that I really appreciate and love about triathlon training is the opportunity to spend a lot of time in nature and just like, just feel an immense amount of gratitude for like this place that I live in. And while I've done races in a lot of different places, I think that really any, any race that's along the central coast of California, um, is a spectacular one. The, the one that comes to mind being 70.3 Santa Cruz, but really any, there's a bunch of Olympic distance, Olympic and sprint distance races that happen in Santa Cruz. Um, there are some races that happen in like half moon Bay, which is along the coast near San Francisco. There used to be a Monterey Bay triathlon, like any of those, those races where you're staring at like picturesque, rugged California Pacific coastline when you're on the bike. And then, um, again, on the run, Swimming in the Pacific Ocean is just like it. It's it just gives you an immense amount of respect for for that body of water. Really, any of that. But seventy point three Santa Cruz is 
is definitely a race that I picture myself coming back to, even if at any point I'm not living in the state of California. Yeah. I mean, the Bay Area, it, it's a special place and and it has a pretty solid multi-sport community. The riding there is is next level. I mean, it's it's absurd. And obviously the running is great. Weather is excellent. You are going to coach a, is it a, a club workout? For anyone that's not located in the Bay Area, California, the Bay is like consists of everything, like the San Francisco Bay Area consists of everything around the San Francisco Bay, which includes like North Bay, which is like Marin County area, um, all the way up to Sonoma and Napa. The peninsula, which is San Francisco, South Bay is um, like San Jose area, East Bay being Oakland and um, all the, the towns that surround Oakland. And so, yeah, to to talk a little bit about the, the triathlon community in the Bay Area, it's massive because there are a bunch of cities here, you know, so there are lots of different triathlon clubs, the Golden Gate Triathlon Club in San Francisco, San Francisco Tri Club. Um, Silicon Valley Tri Club, the club that I'm a part of, which is the Oakland Triathlon Club. Um, so OTC, the Oakland Triathlon Club is just a really, um, really awesome and special community here in the East Bay that spans all ages, all just performance levels. And um, yeah, it's just like a really special community that's got a lot of camaraderie. And I've been a part of the Oakland Triathlon Club since I've been here in Oakland. This year, I was hired as one of their coaches. Um, I'm going to be leading track workouts on Tuesday mornings with some intention um, about like peaking for some of the target races. Uh, we've got a couple of sprint and Olympic distance triathlons that were that the Oakland Triathlon Club is targeting this year in um, the early summer. Uh, a lot of folks are targeting 70.3 Santa Cruz, which I already mentioned. Um, and there's a handful of people that are that have decided to make a destination race happen. They're going to 70.3 North Carolina. All the um, all the West Coasters out here that want to go see what's up, um, like east of the Mississippi, and then some people. I'll be there in California too. Are you going, Derek? <laughs> I will. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, obviously, kind of mentioned that you coach several or, or multiple athletes. Do you have a, a moment that you're really proud of, like w- during the development of an athlete? Or anything that you, when you look back, you're, you're super excited about? Yeah, I, I think that there are lots that come to mind. Um, something that I really like to think about is just like not not necessarily like triathlon training or coaching um, in this like moment thing, but more so in the um, in the process. And so, I mean, like, and the process maybe culminates in a moment but a lot of times it's the process that really sticks with you crossing the finish line feels great, but it's everything that you did to get you there. That really feels the most impactful thing. The the proudest moment or the proudest process that comes to mind for me is um, uh, a woman that I was coaching um, just last year, I guess, like over the course of the last 15 months or so, she like reached out, had a really close friend who had gotten into triathlon um, and it had like kind of fully encompassed their life. Thought she might want to do triathlon. Wasn't really sure. Like at that point she could run two miles, but was usually feeling pretty gassed at the end of it. Interested to know whether or not she could get to the, the point of like completing a triathlon. And I am a wholehearted believer that like, if you put your mind to it, you hundred percent can, everybody can, can do a triathlon for sure. Um, and so there was, there was a lot of just like building up that confidence, um, and like helping her start to really identify herself as an athlete. 
got her to the point of crossing her first, um, like both sprint and Olympic distance finish lines. And then she decided to take a leap to uh, the 70.3 distance, feeling very terrified by that, but ended up putting a lot of time and energy and effort into it. And uh, like her whole family came out to, to watch her um, at her first triathlon and or her first 70.3. And she crossed the finish line feeling super strong, um, really proud of herself. Not only did she get to that, um, but she has decided to sign up for another 70.3 race um, this coming year. So um, yeah, I think that she has made that mental shift um, from like, can I do this to like, yes, I can. And I am the kind of person who does uh, triathlon and, and I am the kind of person who can do a 70.3 race. And so I think that that, that process of like getting her from what she felt like was nothing to like something just pretty remarkable was really special to witness and, and be a part of. Awesome. That's what it's all about. It's amazing how triathlon can just transform one's opinion of themselves and, and what's possible. And that's certainly one, uh, one thing we love about coaching and especially at working triathlete, we, we love hearing those stories and working with, with athletes who have oftentimes a, a lot of different things going on in their lives. Certainly we work with some top athletes, some of the best athletes in the world, but just as rewarding is, is working with, with athletes who are, are busy. They're doing awesome things outside of triathlon, but they use triathlon to enhance their lives and, and we help them do that. So that's definitely an awesome, awesome thing. Live in the Bay area, coach a lot of athletes currently coming up, up this year. I know we, as working triathlete, uh, we have certain destination races and we have a, a training camp. And I know you're, you're planning on, on coming to, uh, I think, I think everything actually we coach athletes all over the world, i.e. working triathlete does solid number of them are, are in Nashville since that's where Derek and I currently live. Although Derek is, is moving. So, but which I guess we, we, we can, can talk we, about. we can announce it now. <laughs> Announcement. Yeah. It's been announced. I, I've put my notice uh, in so everyone knows, <laughs> but, uh, but Dio uh, you are going to come to the, to the camp. And yeah. so everybody's going to have the ability to, to meet you because, you know, I should clarify or elaborate that a working triathlete, we have a lot of virtual events and, and the coaches often hop on. And so all of the athletes end up interacting with all of the coaches and at team races, obviously all of the coaches show up to those. And it's good because even if you don't work one-on-one with, with a coach, obviously all of the coaches are here to, to help all of the athletes. Um, but I'm sure that a lot of people are excited to meet you April 22nd when we kick off the working triathlete training camp here in Tennessee and then Chattanooga, which is a month after that 70.3, uh, you're, you're going to compete and be coaching there as well. Right. Yeah. So Derek, do you have, um, as a coach and as an athlete, so this could be separate. What are you looking forward most to this year? Um, as an athlete and then as a coach, as an athlete, I think that I really got to, uh, a completely different level over the course of the last 12 months than I've really ever been at before. And while I did take a, a bit of an off season, I'm doing two really early season races this year, 70.3 Chattanooga being one of them, but I'm also racing 
70.3 Oceanside on April 2nd, the beginning of April. Uh, and so I think that those two races back to back are, are two races that I'm really looking forward to. Like, yeah, ready to build into them, ready to race again. It had been such a long time since I had really raced when I raced in December. And so, yeah, I just, I love the feeling of racing. I look forward to racing again, more consistently this year as a coach. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just really excited to, especially for that camp, April 22nd, 23rd, 24th, um, just outside of Nashville. We, we mentioned earlier, like there are lots of opportunities to feel like you're a part of the working triathlete community, having never really set foot in, uh, like at an in-person event. That's something that I've felt since being uh, a, a working triathlete athlete, joining webinars, joining book club conversations. Like uh, Conrad mentioned, we've got quite a few working triathletes out here that uh, have met up occasionally, but I know that there's like a, a much larger group of people out in, uh, in the Nashville area. And so just like being able to come together as a massive group um, and just being able to share all of the knowledge that I feel like I have and, and to um, like be a part of such an informative and educational and just fun, exciting experience is something I'm really looking forward to. So coaching at the working triathlete camp in April. Excellent. Yeah. That's going to be a blast. And the team race the target team race 70.3 Chattanooga is going to be nuts. Uh, How many I think athletes are, uh, are we expecting definitely over 50, yeah. over 50, probably yeah. between 50 and 60. Big old spaghetti dinner the night before, huh? We might need a whole building. <laughs> Logistically, I don't know how we're going to do it, to be honest. <laughs> it might, well, I know we'll, we'll probably get a, it might have to be, you know, a banquet hall in a hotel or something, but yeah, we're, that's on our to-do list within the next probably month, narrow that down and figure out actually what establishment <laughs> we're going to reserve for the team dinner, the pre-race team dinner. But so the race is on Sunday. So Saturday, Saturday night, we're going to have a pasta dinner, obviously. I know we have some gluten-free athletes, actually. We might have to figure out an alternative for them. There's gluten-free pasta. There, there is. There is. It's not to, as satisfying as uh, <laughs> pasta with gluten, though. It's not. It's not. Although science has advanced a lot. I think there's some pretty good ones. I think at, what, where was it? Zion Half Marathons. Uh, one athlete is... Uh, very, very gluten-free, i.e. celiac, like legitimately could not even stir his gluten-free pasta with the same wooden spoon that we were using to stir the, the normal pasta. I tried one of the noodles and I got to tell you, it's pretty good. We're going to, we're going to completely replace Conrad's plate of pasta that night with <laughs> gluten-free pasta <laughs> and he's going to jump, like jump on board, like hundred percent. Absolutely. I mean, to be fair, actually, I mean, I eat a lot of gluten, but it definitely, I think there's something to it or this idea that it might lead to a crash. Like, I think it's just many things with gluten, I think are just high on the glycemic index. Like if I eat potatoes or something, it's, which is a carbohydrate, obviously it's, it, I, I seem to have more sustained energy, but man, if I have pasta, I'm out for the count. Like, 20 minutes later. I just want to go take a nap. Yeah. I, I have, uh, like reactions, you know, with my skin when if I have, Oh, that's food. right. Yeah. My, my scalp flares up and I know that, that, hasn't, that hasn't stopped you though. 
So. It doesn't stop me. No, I just, I just, <laughs> I just treat it with medicine. <laughs> exactly. You'll just work with the consequences. Exactly. What yeah. doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It's hard to give up bread. Yeah. Breadsticks yeah. from Olive Garden. You know, that, that'll be a, a ticket for um, the team dinner, breadsticks and, and pasta. So exactly. And I should probably mention if anybody's listening to this and like my voice probably sounds horrendous. It's because I've been sick the last five days. Apparently it's not COVID. It's some other respiratory illness, which I don't know if I was disappointed in that or happy because it would be nice to get it over with. But, you know, another exciting announcement is we working triathlete will we will be at the sort of the national level races, a lot of the national and world championships uh, this year. So we're going to be at USAT Nationals. We'll be at St. George, but we're also going to Kona. So. Mm. We booked <laughs> we booked an Airbnb and and the coaches are going to be in Kona for actually a month leading into the World Championships Kona, so so that's going to be a lot of fun. A couple of athletes have already qualified for 2022 Kona. Hopefully they have it, and you know we don't have to go to St. George again. We're expecting a few more athletes to also qualify for Kona at at upcoming races, but obviously it's it's you never want to count on that. It depends who shows up. Everybody can only show up and do their best, but I'm pretty sure we'll have a, a number of additional athletes qualify. So it'll be fun. We will definitely record some podcasts while we're in Kona and create some, some good content and try to deliver some solid coverage, but I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to that. We got to make sure we have like a drone before then. We got to get some, some of those like sick drone shots of the Kona swim course and stuff. Yes, I think, well, Miguel, I'm pretty sure they'll come, uh, Jenna and Miguel, and the masters of that. Their drone shots are absurd. So yeah. that's right. We definitely need to get some good drone shots of, of the swim. and They're the experts at the video content for sure. You know, we'll, we want to give uh, a good sort of behind the scenes or authentic presentation of Kona, like the island the experience of, of going there and being at the world championships. Cause a lot of times you just watch the, uh, the coverage NBC coverage, which is great every year, but you don't often see exactly how everything is set up. You don't get a sense of the events leading into, uh, Kona. And also maybe athletes don't understand what, the course is like so that you know you have the energy lab during during the marathon it's it would be neat to kind of show everybody what that actually is like obviously you, you see the footage but i think we could do a maybe a better job getting the actual reality of of the island and, and the, the course across because historically it's been a brutal course we've seen some really fast times in recent years at kona but i mean before five years ago <laughs> times were, were always slow. So it's, it's yeah. kind of amazing. I mean, you can attribute it to athletes just getting better, but I think conditions have been pretty favorable in recent years. Also the last couple of years, they've had some fantastic conditions that led to some performances that we may not see again, if they, the conditions stay at historic highs. Have either of you ever been to Kona for the race? No. no. Nice. I haven't ever been either. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled to go. Right now, I'm, I'm uh, continuing to say that I'm focusing on the 70.3 distance, but I feel like if I spend a month in Kona and then watch the race uh, in person, I may be targeting an Ironman uh, next year. TBD. That, that, that seems like the natural progression. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. And then St. George, obviously we'll have a lot of athletes at uh, 70.3 worlds, yeah. which is re returning to St. George for the second year in a row. Obviously, you know, the course was something that I thought was kind of insane paired with the weather we, we saw last year, beautiful course, beautiful venue, really cool area in St. George. And then, yeah, like Conrad mentioned, a handful of athletes hitting some of the national championships that we'll see. There's obviously age group nationals that has the sprint Olympic distance. There's the multi-sport nationals in Texas, which has you know, draft legal races and then the, the mixed team relays. And then I think the aquathon do duathlon as well. So uh, a lot of athletes at different places, but yeah, for our team events, Chattanooga 70.3 will be a huge event. Age group nationals, uh, obviously some of the local races here in Nashville, um, obviously I'll be, I'll be moving to Cleveland. Uh, I'll be targeting the races up there and obviously Ohio 70.3. So we'll have a couple pockets up there as well. Everybody locally in Nashville is devastated that Derek stone is moving to Cleveland, but myself included, <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Michigan. So, you know, everyone knows Michigan's just a little bit, you know, above Ohio physically and <laughs> in reality, uh, but it's, it's going to be cold up there. Uh, but it's, it's a life change that, you know, we, we had a, you know, an opportunity to get up there and we're going to make it happen and going to impact more athletes too. So I have the yeah. opportunity to, I'll be coaching full time. And, you know, my goal is to enhance the working triathlete experience and really just influence the market up there and create the most positive experience people can have with, with the sport. Cleveland, it's pretty cool. I know a few years ago they had nationals up there, USAT nationals. And I went up there just coaching and the city's pretty awesome. They have a, a cool greenway system. So training is, is solid. I know that when I went up there coaching, the, the lake was really angry that day <laughs> and I'm shocked they didn't cancel the swim. To be honest with you, it, it was some of the worst conditions I've seen. I guess they did shorten. The they they shortened it, yeah. So it was a 750 meter swim for the Olympic instead mm -hmm. of 1500. Uh, you know, I, I think typically it's it's calm enough in the lake to open water swim, right? Yeah, Lake Erie tends to be a little bit more mild. Obviously, during any storm or if there's high winds, you're going to get the waves that hit the the north coast of the Cleveland area. Do Just you, like any body of water, you, you can have wake if it's if the, the winds are high, do you get that? Like the lake effect during the winter in Cleveland? Is that a thing? Yeah, that's a, that's a thing. So from being from Michigan on the West side, you get it pretty bad from Lake Michigan, but yeah. Cleveland, the, the way the uh, sits in Ohio, the East side doesn't get it as bad. I'm sorry. The, the West side does not get, does not get it as bad, but the East side of, of Cleveland goes up a little bit. So the lake effect hits that side of the city pretty hard. Um, but there's also, you know, some, some, uh, ski resorts too that, uh, benefit from that as well. Good thing you're like uh, just real into indoor training, then, right? Exactly. Yeah. So the the wife committed to allowing me to get an endless pool. So we'll see if that actually happens when I get up there. Ooh. Nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't swam much lately. Uh, it'll be it'll be good to get in the water. Obviously, having the access to open water like Lake Erie would be fantastic. I've swam in it before. You know, Lake Michigan is still my favorite Great Lake, but you know, I can't pass up Lake Erie. Congratulations, man. That's exciting. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. We wanted to do five rapid fire questions to to Derek Owens, our new okay. coach. Question number one, what is your favorite book? Into the Wild by John Krakauer. Tells the story of like Christopher McCandless, the the 
gave up all his money, gave up all his things and kind of went wandering through the United States and ended up um, in Alaska. I won't spoil it for anyone that, that it sort of like gave me the adventurous spirit that mm-hmm. um, gave me the, the excitement to leave South Carolina and kind of explore a little bit. It makes a kind of alluring idea of just leaving society yeah. and consumerism and, and all of this and just, yeah. Although obviously you have to be careful and you have to uh, kind of make sure that I guess you're, you're capable of it before you yeah. go out into the wilderness. But no, I do triathlon and like buy all the things. So. <laughs> yeah. So it's the exact opposite, <laughs> but it's still an adventure. It is. is an adventure and you don't have to buy a new bike every year, which I know Derek Stone historically has, has done. But <laughs> I do. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> this, this is very true. Except this year has been a pain in the butt. I've learned my lesson. I should have stuck with what I had. I mean, it's literally the same shape frame. It's the FRD. So it's a little bit lighter, a little bit stiffer carbon. However, swapping parts has been uh, tedious and relentless. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I don't you, know you, don't need, you, you don't need to buy a bike every year. <laughs> you don't. You can't. But the bike companies, they want to make it seem like you have to. Yeah. Since well, now, you, you know, 12 speed, 11 speed is no longer good enough. You need a 12 speed. Disc brakes are mandated now and prior generations of all the components are no longer integrated hydration. I know. Yeah. You can't even connect, you know, the the modern bikes to the uh, trainers that they were selling a year ago. uh, That was an issue I had. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it's fun getting new stuff, but it's possible to do this sport. I wouldn't say cheaply, but less extravagantly. Yeah, um, deeper than the average for sure. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. my first bike, I had a road bike with clip on arrow bars and I s- raced in a swim jammer and never wore a shirt the entire race <laughs> and got out of the water, <laughs> jumped on my bike, put monster energy drink <laughs> into my, my, uh, con- um, front profile designs, hydration, uh, bottle and it was fine. You know, I had mountain bike shoes, mountain bike pedals, and it worked just fine. You, do you recommend Monster Monster Energy as uh, like a um, nutrition addiction? <laughs> you know, I don't I don't recall how I felt that day. There There is carbohydrates in the drink, a lot of sugar. <laughs> and so it might make sense. <laughs> yeah. We'll get back to you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll test it again. The second, I guess they're not particularly rapid fire today, but <laughs> the second back. question, uh, favorite food. Burritos, definitely burritos, but like real burritos, not talking Chipotle burritos, al pastor, extra spicy. Yes. What about race day breakfast? Probably not, not a burrito. Not a burrito, but I haven't tried. Uh, <laughs> coffee, like chocolate, peanut butter, banana, overnight oats, a cliff bar and a bottle of Gatorade. What is your bucket list race? Ask me in November and maybe it's Kona, but right now it's not <laughs> Kona. Um, my bucket list race is like maybe not a triathlon. It, like maybe yeah. um, I, like I feel really intrigued by um, like ultra endurance events, like um, like ultra endurance trail trail racing, like Western States or Leadville or Unbound, like ultra endurance gravel racing stuff. Um, not anything that I see myself doing in like the next five years, but I'd love to do races like that. Um, as I get a little older, when I think of the more extreme races or like you're talking about the, the ultra endurance stuff, they, they seem like a lot of fun mid forties, I think is when all 
probably start focusing on that, but, uh, they, they seem like a blast and, you know, I've done Norseman, which is yeah. sort of the original extreme triathlon. And that was by far probably my favorite, favorite race. It was a truly incredible experience. Um, so I recommend that everybody try to do that race. I know it's, it's tough to get in, but, uh, it's well, worth well, it. They now have a 70.3 in Norway. Ironman does. Yeah. They just announced it a few weeks ago. The last rapid fire question favorite place you've traveled to i lived in panama for a couple of years so i would say that but not that because i lived there so traveled um, <laughs> medellin colombia yeah, is um just an amazing place and i i tend to center going back to the food questions i tend to center my travel around food and like colombia's got some delicious food look up the bandeja paisa Ooh. if uh if uh if you're ever in medellin colombia it's like a plate of food that's essentially the size of a tray and has like five different types of meat and a bunch of rice and beans and um, avocado and salad and everything. It's delicious. Sounds good. Sounds delicious. What did you do? What were you doing in Panama? Um, I was a Peace Corps volunteer for, for three years. I lived in Panama. I'm um, pretty far from the, from the capital. So um, yeah, I would live there from like 2014 to 2017 that's that I, I had the opportunity to travel to a lot of places in Latin America when um when I was living there, like kind of soon after. We we did a couple of different countries um like when when I left Panama. Um but yeah, I love traveling through Latin America. It's my favorite place, fa- like favorite area to to visit. I am glad that we were able to introduce you to uh all the podcast listeners and to the other working triathletes. I know that. So you're obviously going to get a, an email address soon and it will be D Owens at working triathlete.com. Um, and where, where else can people find you? Do you have a, an Instagram handle? My last name Owens and my first name, Derek D R E K the letter S Owens, Derek S on Strava more than I'm on Instagram. Not, not in the bad way that you, and, that you and Derek always talk about Strava being, Bad <laughs> can I, be probably, good. I talk about it. I don't know if Derek does. Derek I, is on it. I'm on it. I don't really look at it too much, but I, I do know I have some athletes that are trying to look at performances from other athletes to see where they yeah. stand. And I'm like, it's a slippery slope. Be careful with that. But it's it can be a good tool though, if you use it correctly. Try not to like blast my training to all my followers all the time on Instagram, but like I know that people are a little bit more interested in that if they're following me on Strava. So and that's basically all that I do. I feel like, well, I have to apologize. So, you know, obviously Conrad already mentioned what his email will be. Um, I, I took the original Derek at working triathlete email and, yeah, and I wasn't going to be like Derek too, or like, like second Derek or anything like that, yeah. but it, it all worked out. D Owens at working triathlete.com will be it. Perfect. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. If you need to reach me, feel free to email, email me at Conrad at working triathlete.com. And you can reach me at Derek at workingtriathlete.com.